Meeting Tom Cruise is a production of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. We're standing there and the doors are open on the sides and the back is down. And Tom goes over to one of the doors and I kid you not, the wind whips around and goes right to Tom Cruise's face. So he's framed by the door and it's just blowing his hair back. And I just, and I looked at him, I said, Tom, you, you look like a movie star standing still. <laughs> Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star of all time. He's the first actor to have six consecutive $100 million grossing films. He's shrouded in mystery, and yet to many is one of the nicest and hardest working people. We love Tom Cruise. We are inspired by Tom Cruise. And while we work in Hollywood, we've never actually met Tom Cruise. So we're going to talk to some people who have. We'll hear some great stories, and maybe, just maybe, one of them one day will lead us to the man himself so that we can have stories of our own. Our own stories of meeting Tom Cruise. Hola, hello, bonjour, guten tag, and neen how. Welcome to the Meeting Tom Cruise podcast, a show that's sure to make it into some sort of time capsule that shot off into space so aliens know what it's like to be entertained on planet Earth. Hey, everybody, my name is Jeff Meacham, and I am a Tom Cruise-aholic. To my left is the guy helping me run this Tom Cruise support group. He takes his coffee with a whole lot of sugar. He's a mandatory invite to anyone's wedding. He's the goose to my Mav. He's Joel Johnstone. Joel, I bet you give a great wedding speech. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Yeah. I show up to weddings just to give a speech and leave. <laughs> not even asked to be there. Not crashing it. Not there for the food. Just, just for the speech. Just you for crush the, the I am speech a, and then I, you're out. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, if you want a good speech giver, invite me. Invite me. I'm Throw out you, your I, best man. Invite Joel Johnstone. Well, the opposite of that is the fellow to our right. Who, uh, you know, when people are making their wedding invite C list, you know, the third column, you have to say to your fiance, oh, do we have to invite Alec? He's Alec Lev. Hey, Alec, have you ever made anyone cry on their wedding day? My wife? Oh, no, not in a happy way. Not in a happy way. I learned something very good from my friend Craig Thomas. He made a, uh, the day before my wedding, he was, he was making a toast and he came up to me beforehand and he said, can I curse once? I said, yeah, absolutely. And since then I have I have reserved that that right. And I, I have one one fuck in every toast that I give. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So you don't get the R rating. You keep it PG thirteen because you get the one fuck. Yeah. Brings the house down. Yeah. Brings it brings the down. house down every time. Now I you know what? I bet you give a good speech too. But you know what this made me think about this, Alec? Are you a drinker? Because <laughs> oh. I was thinking like you and I have never like partied together. Like we don't go to parties and like hang out and drink. Like, do you and your wife sometimes just get, like I want to get? This is the point I'm getting to. Is I want to get hammered with Alec Joel one time. Mm. Yeah, mm. wouldn't that be kind of fun mm. to see what he's like in my life? I have had zero drinks. I'm sorry. Wait, what? Fill us in. Z zero. Okay, okay so I, we have. Oh my God, Joel and I have down. so many questions. Wait, you, you've never, you've never had. Alcohol on your mouth? I have tasted it, sure. I've sipped it barely. I recently enjoyed a, about two sips of red wine, but I would say that the totality of my alcohol intake is can be fit into one single Gatorade bottle. Okay, so I, I think I know the answer to this, but follow-up, 
Does that yeah. mean you've never done a keg stand? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm addicted to heroin. Can we start the show? No, we cannot I think we start have. the show. I think we have. We need to absolutely get to some of the bottom of this if you're comfortable with it. Can we just... Weren't you thinking about Tom Cruise this week just once? Maybe a time that he was drinking in one no, of his movies? No, no, no because nope. I, I am determined to, to play beer pong without... This is my new mission in life. Is to God. is to finish a game of beer pong with Alec Lev. But, Guys, I'm just the producer. But Joel, this I'm is just, the fascinating thing about and this. And a future is beer I, pong champion. I've known Alec <laughs> since 2005. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, that man can throw a ping pong. Um, what can, can I just start with the question? Why is that? Was there a reason in high school, college? What happened? <sighs> Come on, hey, you don't, you Heaven. can cut it out if you don't want to talk about it. No, it's fine. Do you know how many times I've thrown up in my life? Oh, my God. One. <gasps> what? 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 And I believe, if I wanted to analyze this, that I have a distinct phobia of it. I know that I do. And so, no drinking, no rides at amusement parks, uh, nothing that will potentially <laughs> threaten the tummy. I go on airplanes. I try not to. Uh, but uh, I know Jeff, Jeff has thrown up in the middle of this recording session. I mean, Jeff, it's, it's his hobby. I realize that it is not mine. No one needed to know any of this. I was thinking about Tom Cruise this week. You clearly yeah. have a different circle of friends than I have. Yeah. Joel, wow. Exactly. I have, I have friends that like made me throw up on purpose. Like, like I have a buddy who we were out drinking and, but I mean, it was the end of a night. I was, I was done. And he puts a shot of 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 uh, something disgusting in front of me, and he goes, "Here you go, just bought your shot." And I was like, "No, nah, I, I can't do that." And he goes, "Yeah, you can. I just bought it for you." And I go, "No, it's I'm I'm gonna puke if I drink that." He goes, ah, "It sucks." And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "No, it sucks because you have to drink it and you're gonna throw up." <laughs> I was like, "No," but I'm, and he goes, "No, you're gonna drink it. I bought it." And I ended up drinking it and I ended up throwing up. But about ten minutes later, he goes, "Sorry, it sucks. I just I bought it, so you had to do it." I have to ask. Alec, how did you avoid uh, peer pressure in college? I don't care what anyone thinks. That is true. That's, that is that's true. It's different. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, no, but no group of friends ever at a party held you down and like just tried to sh shove a shot into your mouth. You never. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. How many alcohol infused parties did I go to? I don't know. Two, three, maybe. Right. Not even. Right. Wow. And you were just again. I regularly, just... regularly snuck kegs into my dorm room into science class. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what production we, we were doing. In we college. have to start the show. We are. This is the people are interested in us. They are interested in us, Alec. Well... You have to accept that. <laughs> and by by us, I mean dozens and dozens of people. They're interested right. in us. All right, They're fine. interested in what I don't do. Yeah, dude, it is fairly fascinating that you're saying alcohol is now like like we. I expected you to say L my dad was an alcoholic, and you know, and we didn't saw it in the house, or or I had a horrible experience in college, or something that's kind of one of those more common American. I was something that. W Right, something that would have made this interesting, but, but, I, but I, that, I, I warned no, you that it but wasn't. You're wrong. It does actually make it more interesting <laughs> that this is just solely because you just don't want to, because you're fearful of some. Wait a minute. So you've never been on a roller coaster? Uh, Magic Mountain once. Oh Holy my God, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. 
We're going to take him. We're going to put a keg in the trunk of our car. We're going to make on. We're going to funnel some beer down his throat. And then we're going to go down the biggest fucking coaster you can find. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to take him to Six Flags. And we are going to get him hammered. And then we're going to go on there. Just the roller coaster. You're eat him and eat like three Dodger dogs before. Do you understand what it would take to get me hammered? It would be like I look, I'd watch you drinking. And yeah, I'd be true. completely yeah, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah it doesn't. Yeah. I will say, though, that the few times that I have to take a muscle relaxant or something, it's it's pure joy. I don't want to I don't want yeah. su- to support this on on this podcast here. But the few times that medically I have to take something that gets me out of my own head a little bit, I I I appreciate it because I'm oh, very much there up it in is, here. Joel, he's a pill popper. We get it. We yeah. a pill popper. <laughs> we found you it. And Brett All Farmer. right, there you go. There you go. All right. Now we can start. I was thinking about Tom Cruise this week, boys. Because no I, time for that, brah. Let's bring on the question of the week. How dare you? I was thinking about Tom Cruise this week because I found an old article saying Cruise. You know, this is the thing about being this famous. It was just an article where someone says they heard that Cruise was going to eat his baby's placenta. And someone decided to write an entire article about this. True or not. You know, they made it like it was this big deal. Like, oh, my God, look at this crazy actor saying that he's going to do this. Tom Cruise is crazy. That's what they were trying to do. Now, this is when, sir, so this is probably 14, 15 years ago. I want to just get something out of the way. Eating a placenta is not crazy. I have a little bit of knowledge on placenta because my wife did. She did the thing where you can actually have your placenta turned into, like, put into, like, they they. <laughs> I was just about to say I know what I'm talking about, and then I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, you can do a thing where you can like freeze. You can dry the uh, what's it called when you dry something out? <laughs> Drying it out. Yeah, you like turn it into a pill form basically, and then women can use placenta pills or their placenta for postpartum because I guess it's like insanely nutrient rich. In fact, I've heard this is why people come to this podcast. Let me tell okay. you, if you yeah. if you were looking for some yeah. postpartum advice here, yeah. this is probably yeah. where you'd Joel, the placenta yeah. is what the umbilical cord is attached to that feeds the baby for all of the nine to ten months it's inside the mommy's <laughs> tummy. So remember when your when the baby came out, they had to like they have to bring the placenta out too, man. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. See here, here's what you don't understand, Jeff. Yeah, I wanted to see nothing. Oh, I love it. I was right down there. I wanted. I when they said to me, "Where do you want to be?" I was down. I was holding a leg. I wanted to see it all. Jeff was going into other operating rooms, <laughs> just like, <laughs> what can I? <laughs> Give me your placenta. Give me your placenta. Can I throw some gloves on, Doc? I have weird, like, yes, I have phobias, but they're different than other people's phobias. Uh, uh, I can't do blood. I can't. I, I. I don't mind. I don't mind a movie. You can. You can gore it up as much as nothing's too gory for me. I love a Tarantino, whatever gore fest. I can't do it in real life. You know, my fear. My fear is. Um, What's you, buddy? Uh, losing listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Best part of the show, question of the week. Alec, is it the best part of the show? Well, here's where we run into a problem because uh, prior to these shows, I usually get a little uh, little post-it note, a little email, a little something that tells me what the question of the week is because I'm not going to come up with that crap. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing. And I'm told that uh, there's a secret 
secret special surprise. Ooh. Jeff is already dancing. So, Jeff, yes, sir. I guess take it away. Oh, here we go. Guys, I've always wanted to host a game show, and I love games. I love playing games. So, today I thought we would do something fun. Joel, let's play okay. the tomato meter game. Did I say that right? Tomato meter game. So, uh, Rotten Probably Tomatoes not. is a website where they, you know, for those of you that don't know, I don't know how that's even possible. They take all of critics' opinions and put them all together and they make a tomato meter score. So I think this is a Would it be great, Joel, if Jeff knew the word aggregate? If you just knew there was... I was waiting for algorithm or aggregate and and I knew, I was like, no, no, why why am I holding out hope? Aggregate sounds like something, like if I'm yelling at my kids, I'm like, you guys are aggregating me. Like, I don't, that's all (laughs) I... I, I'm sure you've said that. I'm sure you've said that. (laughs) Besides that, I really don't know what it means. So they aggregate and they're gonna go to school and 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 get hit by a kid and they're gonna go to the teacher go he aggregated me teacher (laughs) it sounds like the cute little thing that kids mess up all the time yeah my son still says pacific instead of specific specifically (laughs) i love it all right so let's see who's the clue let's see who's got the the real pulse on tom cruise movies here between the three of us i'm gonna win this i'm gonna win this what we're gonna do is our producer, Doug, is going to jump in. He's going to name a movie. And then the three of us will do a kind of a dealer's choice. So I'll go first, Joel, Alec. And then the next turn, we'll go Joel, Alec, me. You get it. Um, and uh, we'll see who's the closest to getting the Tomatoes meter score correct of whatever movie, whatever Tom Cruise movie, Woo! Doug names. What do you guys think? Go. You good? Go. You like it's go. fine. Just so that we all just don't don't worry. Doug isn't in some sort of torture dungeon with buzz saws going. He just there's for once. <laughs> he just lives in West Hollywood where there's a lot of gardeners. Yeah. yeah. Gardeners uh, and helicopters. Okay. All right, Doug. First movie. Top Gun. Hundred. That's a Oh, Joel just jumped out with a hundred. No. Ninety two. <laughs> 92. Okay, Alec goes 92. Okay, this Wait, is these good. are See, reviewers. I'm sorry. I need, I'm sorry. I do need to back up. Yeah, these this is are, not audience. This is not audience. This is not the audience score. This is the reviewer's okay, score. Okay. 82. 82. And and, and, and and these are these are the reviews that came out in the 80s, not over time, not over. Correct? I have no idea. I don't know how it works at Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if okay, there's okay, new critics okay. can jump I'm in at go, any point. Just fucking say a number. I'm going to uh, go, I'm gonna go 87. 82. So you got 87, 82, but Joel, you could go rogue or you could just stand there. And are we going to do that thing that they do on Price is Right where if you're over? I I was just going to say, I'm going to fuck you here, Jeff. 88. Ah, you son of a bitch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it? So 88, 87, 82. 56. 56? I am the winner. No one gets that. What? No one gets... I know you're closest, Alec, but we were 30 points off. Come on. I, but Well, I was fewer points off than you. I have one. Go ahead. Alec has one. Uh, Go. Next. Alec's winning. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, we're not just going to move yeah, along here. we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about uh, that. Doug, what was the audience score? Do you have it in front of you? Because the audience score is probably like 95. 56. Right? Fuck you. 56. Pieces of shit. Yeah, he's got to look it up. I apologize for doing that to you, Doug. That's... uh. Uh, okay, so critic score, 56. Audience score, 83. Okay, so Alec definitely... Dead on. I win in every way, 82. <laughs> I get I get four points on that. Because we're doing it the first time, I'm going to give you a little context. The, the tomato meter is 56%. There were 57 reviews. The audience score is 83%, and there were over 250,000 reviews. 250,000, a quarter mil. Okay, okay. 
All right, better. I feel better about that. Getting a little bit larger sample, but you're you're also dealing with people that don't understand language and film grammar. The riffraff. Doug, you've said too much. You need to mute yourself, please. Mute yourself. What's next? <sighs> too many words out of Doug. Too many words. Can't let him. Oh, oh Except shoot. that you now need him to unmute himself to name the next <laughs> movie. <laughs> Joel, <laughs> this game is working out splendidly. Legend. Legend. Oh, there we go. Okay, so oh, this boy. is audience, or I'm sorry, critic score <sighs> of Legend. I'll go first. 29%? I'm going 29%. Is there a negative score? Like, can I go like minus? I'm going to go, you know what? You can go zero. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going one because I'm going to be generous. I okay. just wonder if there's some reason why critics back then were just oh, taken with this Blade smart. Runner director and just like believe that they saw something in it that the rest of I'm going 37. Okay, so 37, 29, and one. It's 38. Damn it. Uh I'm so I'm so good at this game. I am so good. This at see, this, this game. is the problem with having Alec around. Oh, it pisses me off. God, you know, when you're sober. And you could just, you see the world clearly. What's next? Jerry Maguire. I, okay, Alex, start this one off because it's ridiculous how well you're doing. What did the critics say about Jerry Maguire? I feel like some of them will see through it, but I think a lot of them probably got suckered by it. So I'm going to go with something uh, like, I'm going to go at an, uh, I'll go at a hard 80. Hard 80. Wow. You're gross. Joel? 85. What's wrong with you people? I'm going 96. It's it's a masterpiece. It's a Cameron Pro <laughs> masterpiece. It was nominated on every single category. It is Tom Cruise's best piece of work. 96, no question. I I, I like the movie very much, but it's not even in his top five, Jeff. 83. The fuck? I just no no no. I, I just was closer, he, asshole. Okay. I was closer. 85 is closer to 83 than 80 is to 83. I'll give it to you. Uh, Price is right. You went over. Price is right. You're over. But I don't mind over. I just know that I put us in the right zone. You kind of bit off of that. But it's fine. We we did well. Look, Joel, I think we could agree what's important is Jeff was very wrong. I mean, this is... I'm going first. I'm going first. I'm going first. This is ridiculous. This game is... This game is easy. Good. What's next? Another Cameron Crowe. Vanilla Sky. I, I know it. I know Ooh, it. Ooh, Joel's okay. first. Well, well, I see. I think I think that this is going to. I think that this is going to have won over the the art it. house critics because it did attempt that, even though it didn't do it successfully. So I'm going to go. Got I've got this. Eighty-seven. Who's next? You. Fifty-seven. <sighs> I think it got panned. I'm going to go forty-nine. Forty-two. Oh. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. I got one. All right, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, that movie got panned, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it was... Jeff's got one. Yeah, I, I don't mm. think it did well either financially. I, th- I thought but, it was... Uh, it's definitely got a, it's got a little place in my heart. I thought it was better received than that. Okay, okay, okay. Tropic Thunder. Oh, Tropic Thunder. Okay. Now, I will say this about Tropic Thunder, and I've, I'm always making this argument. I do not think Tropic Thunder is a Tom Cruise movie or vehicle. It was just a movie he was in. He cameoed in so but that you know i'll start i'll start uh tropic thunder i think at the time now you got the older people that were like this movie's gross and not appropriate so i think it's a good 84 though i think i'm wrong i think no i'm changing yeah. i'm changing 79 it, it, this movie is going to have turned off you know a lot of critics so i'm going with 63 Ooh, alec i'll go 50 wow 
So 796350, Doug? 82. I'm up, what? man. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Jeff Meacham is a Tom Cruise expert. I am shocked. He's a Tom Cruise expert. <laughs> so Joel's got what what do we got for score right now? I've got I don't know. Who cares? Keep going. Someone else is keeping score. Just keep going. No, I've got two. Alex got Alex got two. Joel's got one, right? Well, <laughs> I think I'm right here. I hope the people at home are playing. Okay. Next up is night and day. Night ooh, ooh. night and day? Oh. Nine day. Joel, you start this one. Can it be the last one? God, this is a tough one. This is a tough one because I feel like this is a sleeper. I, I, this is a... <sighs> Listen, do you hear what Alec just said? Can it be the last one? I, I'm having so much... Oh, this is. I can do this all day. There's so much joy in my heart right now of you what can, we're doing. Yeah. Just being three mm-hmm. friends. Oh, God. 79. This is night and day, 79. Alec? With all due respect to something that I think is super funny... I think there has to be a reason why they haven't gone back and done more other than maybe she doesn't want to make movies anymore, but 61. Mm. Mm. Uh, it breaks my heart that I agree with Alec. I think there's people that just didn't like the movie, though I think all three of us have decided we really like the movie. It's got its, it's a flaws. Self-parody. But... It's self-parody. It's, it's exactly. It's intentionally yeah. what it is. Yeah, we like it. I'm going 55. I, oh, I think wow. they panned okay. it. Okay. Okay. Dougie? Okay. 52. And I'm back. Now I'm bad at this. I'm really bad. I'm back on my throne. I'm really I'm bad. I'm sitting up here. There's a reason why I'm the host, people. Ah, look at me. Look at me. You fucking look at me. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I Are we will... done? Is it over? Can we can we do another one? Yeah, let's do one more. Edge of tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. All right. Uh, I want to go first. Yeah, Alec. It'll go Alec. Me, Joel. I have. I have. I have. I'm. I, I'm giving critics. I, I have some hope for the critics on this one. I hope they got this right. I'm going 91. Oof. Oof. 91's a good call. Here's my thing. Now the movie was a sleeper, right? It's like it like snuck up on people. So I can't imagine that. They were gangbusters on the critics because is it, wouldn't then more people have gone to see it? I don't know. I'm going to go 86. I think there's a reason they, they renamed it post-release. And I think it had to have been because people just didn't get it yet. Um, when, it was, when it was released in the theaters, they called it Edge of Tomorrow. And they changed it to Live, Die, Repeat. I'm guessing that's because it wasn't well received, so I'm going 60. Wow. No chance. I, I just that that's that that's what I'm basing the number on. It's just pure strategy. Yeah, you're to- based Joel on them. is way off. 91. Oh fuck. Oh. Fuck. Was that spot on? Oh. Did he get that spot on? Spot on. I'm terrible at this and game. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the ball game. That was a tie for us. What? That was a tie. That was a tie. That was a tie. You both you both got three. I clearly get some bonus points for getting it spot on. So, no, 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 no. That's not worth the same as getting it sort of close. No, no bonus points. Bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus round. Watch me sweep in with the wind here. MI2. MI2 for the tiebreaker bonus round, whatever you want to call it. Mm, MI2. Oh, then Joel can't play in the fucking bonus round if it's a tiebreaker. No, 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 no. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Or is that is that too mean to use MI2? Yeah, let's not end on MI2. I want to end on something Let's decide here. to end on the one we said we were going to end on, the one that I got spot on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to give myself a chance for redemption here. If, some, if one of us, since it's a tiebreaker between them, and if either one gets it, obviously they win. If one of us gets it spot on, they win the whole fucking thing. Wait, wait. 
This is like catching the snitch. You can't just come in and catch the snitch and win. I am way ahead. You're not not of Jeff. <laughs> I, not of Jeff. I agree. Though I do agree with Alec. That's like that game where you're just like when when you're tired and the sun's going down. You're all playing soccer and the other team's up seven to one. You're like next shot wins. <laughs> like, we're up. Seven That's to what one. I'm saying. Next shot wins. Next shot wins. All right. Next shot. Next shot wins. All right. Fine. Doug. Am I two? All right. Here's what we're going to do. On the count of three, we're all going to say our number at the same time. Okay. 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 Take your minute. So this is MI2. Everybody lock in. Got it. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Joel, you locked in? I got it. So it's after three. Ready? One, two, three. 43. All right. So I said 40. Jeff said 38. Joel said 23. 57. 57. Alec is the winner. This is ridiculous. The whole thing. And... And Joel really lost. I mean, he really lost. Joel is really bad at this. Like, really bad. Yeah, he's... I mean... I, I will admit, Jeff, that between you and you and I was... I mean, I won. But... I, I mean, <laughs> But Joel... You did. you did. Really lost. Guys, I know when to call a spade a spade, and I, I didn't win. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, like, if you noticed there, Alec and I were pretty close to each other's scores. Right, I won. Like right there at the end was a perfect example. We were literally two away from each other. Yeah, with me winning. And you were I didn't come close to winning. I won. I did not. Right. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I want to do I want to do minority report. Mm, sorry. Sorry. That could be next week. Uh all right, quick minority report just because Doug is suddenly allowed to be on the podcast. This not this doesn't count. This doesn't count. This doesn't I, count. I, I this refuse. Doesn't count. I'm not even going to guess. I didn't want to guess. Next shot wins. Next shot wins. <laughs> Next shot wins. Next shot wins. 76. Uh, 83. Boy, it does feel like you guys are in the right territory. So I'll go 72. 90. Okay, I win again. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Alec. Is just how dare you didn't cheat gym. and let him win. How, how does that move? <laughs> Wow, right, I think 90 we're done. for my nerve. This is why yeah. I don't go on uh, Rotten so Tomatoes. Sorry. As as usual, our segments end and just an absolute fizzle. Just you know, <laughs> whoa, it's like, there's no fizzle. I am going to play me myself off with. You know, I just want to thank everyone for the oh opportunity to play this, this game. Uh, it was it, just it was a. Played. It was this a game. joy. Play this game like you won the decathlon. Honor you're good at, you're to good be at here. Guessing tomatoes, asshole. <laughs> You know, really, we're all winners except for Jeff and Joel. And so, I again, like, thank yeah, you, yeah. thank oh, you. Let, look at me! Let, look at me! I'm the greatest athlete on the planet. I know about a fucking tomato. And now, commercials. Oh, I couldn't be more excited. I don't really need to introduce this man because if if you watch any show that has a cop, a DA, or a lawyer in it, you've you've seen Benito Martinez. He is one of the hardest working actors in Hollywood, and I couldn't be happier to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming, man. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, uh, it, dude. It means the world to us. Joel, when I told Joel who who was coming on the show, he really did lose his mind. He was like, yeah. And we named 15 different shows. What's funny is just just because I'm on I'm on Jack Ryan right now. And I'm like, he's like he's the catalyst for the season. He's the whole catalyst. And yeah, Jack Ryan. So I look, I lost my mind when I was like you did, Jeff, uh, when when they asked me to be part of uh, American Made, which at that time was called Mina. 
And I lost my mind again when they invited me to be part of Jack Ryan. I'm like, okay, great. You know, I just, you know, unfortunately, I die right away in Jack Ryan. <laughs> Don't give it away. No. Yeah, but you're mentioned every other minute in that in that whole season. <laughs> I know, but God, you just, you're, okay, so here's, let's start with this. Okay. Benito. All right, sorry. Tell us about your life. You get, where you, we already like you enough that we're going to give you, if you want two minutes, you get 120 seconds if you want wow, it. Tell us love. about your life from birth to leading up to that moment that you met Tom Cruise. Go. Um, I'm, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was raised on a ranch. We had horses and chickens, and we were on the outsides of Albuquerque. My dad had a mariachi, so I started my dad's mariachi when I was eight. My mom started a theater company, a bilingual theater company, so I joined the theater company along with my sisters when I was nine. And I grew up in this artistic community in Albuquerque that was thriving in the 80s, late 70s, 80s. Um, and that's how I thought life was. Um, the theater company exploded. My parents divorced and I had to decide mariachi or theater or sports in high school. But, uh, as fate would have it, uh, Patrice, my older sister who was in the theater company and started getting recognized, got accepted to RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, went away to drama school. And when she came back, there was no work in Albuquerque. So my mom said, we're moving to LA. Whoa. She applied for me to go to Hollywood high performing arts so that I could have a, you know, still continue the performing arts. And she came back and she became my sister's manager. My sister Patrice was in the movie three amigos. She was the lead in that. What? Wait, what? Wait, what? What? So yes. Yeah. That's my sister Patrice. And she was in Beetlejuice. She was the green woman who gets her wrists cut. So she took off her career takes off. I'm going to Hollywood performing arts magnet. My younger sister who also uh, attended was younger also came was in performing arts with me and the sister between me and patrice uh who was the closest to patrice her name is benita because my dad's name is benny so when she was born they thought she was going to be little benny so she's benita but then i showed up three years later and it was benito so yeah so it's patrice benita benito and maria so they were the kids patrice and benita end up in three amigos so hollywood embraces them and they take off doing their career I Whoa. was in Hollywood High. I hated it. Anthony Anderson was awesome in it. You know, he has that personality for it. But I was, I, I was shy. I, I, I liked this, the art of acting, and it was great. And I had all these lead roles in the final year because I only came up for my senior year. But once it finished, I was like, I, I, it's not my thing. So I started working at a bank so I could get a business degree because I found out this bank had business classes. <laughs> and they offered me a, a position as supervisor, <laughs> and I was 19 years old. And when I was 19 years old, I thought, well, that's it. My world's over. My mom said, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I was like, that's it. I, great. Done. Home run. Keep going to college, work at the bank, have a steady life. Everything's fine. And then I thought, well, I, I want to see the world, though. My sisters have both gone away to. Because after Patrice went to RADA, my sister Benita said, well, I want to do a one-year course at Lambda after Three Amigos. So that she could, you know, also have that under her belt. And so while she was at Lambda, I auditioned, my, according to my mom. My mom said, you know, just audition. If you go away for a year and you come back, you can always go back to being a bank teller and supervisor, whatever you're going to be. I went, okay, sure. So I auditioned for RADA and Lambda. A <laughs> bank teller. 
I loved it. I freaking loved it. I was the bank teller. I was the phone. I answered the phones. I handled special accounts. I was opening new accounts by the time I left. I was like, you're out of your prime my- to be a bank teller, son. <laughs> You don't want to miss your prime. Don't give it this up. This is my jam right here. I, I was the express line. I, I, I freaking loved it. Um, so I, I, I auditioned for RADA because that was the one that we thought was the best. And my sister was at Lambda, which was also the best. So they, these two schools were in constant rivalry. Lambda had an overseas one-year course that Canadians and Americans generally went to. Um, the overseas Ds is what they used to be called. So after my audition with Rada, they remembered my sister Patrice, who was five years in front of me. And they were like, you know, she was phenomenal. She was great. And she won like eight of the 12 awards that they give at the end of the year. So they're like, the way we do this is we do, uh, you're invited to attend the school because they're creating a theater company. So they, they said they had a couple of types just like me. And they asked if I was auditioning for Lambda. I said, yeah. They said, well, let us know how that goes if it doesn't. And the director, the principal, handed me her number. She goes, call me. And I said, we could talk this out. I'm like, okay. It's interesting. So I auditioned for Lambda a couple of weeks later. They said yes for overseas one-year course. Something happened. I believe that the director, Rada, called Lambda and said, do you know who this kid is? Do you know about his sister? And they said, well, actually, his other sister's here. They had a conversation. And then I was invited for the three-year course at Lambda. So I went, okay. I guess that's what I'm going to do now. And I went to Lambda, graduate from, from, from uh, Lambda, and my sister at that time, Patrice, was now in Spain filming Zorro, the television series. So they called me, and I had a recurring role in Madrid. So I would go out there, and then I came back to L.A. Come back to L.A., and I'm like, great, this is it. You know, training, everything's wonderful. And all the auditions I would get, because I was 23 at the time, were Chewy the gang member or Juan the gardener, or, and I... I tanked every one of these auditions. I was terrible. Uh, and I had an English accent. I was like, hello, I'm Benito Martinez, and I'm auditioning for... What? Ch- you were stereotyped in the early 90s? How's that it possible? Was, it was odd. And and, you know, and I had this English accent, and I was always nervous. <laughs> I didn't know. Again, I was shy. I wasn't... What, but I, I didn't know. I hated the camera. My whole thing was theater. I loved theater. So I was very, right. very fortunate. And um, by 93... I booked a film called uh, Mi Familia, and I played the young Eddie Olmos. And uh, that same casting director cool. cast me in another movie called cool. Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman. Of course, we love Outbreak. I love that movie. When we were living in, Lo- when I was living in London in my final year, one of the places we were studying was a place called the Avatar in Kensington. Dustin Hoffman had moved to London. Um, and was his, he was renting a house on that same street, and we would see him jogging past our school because he was doing a play called The Merchant of Venice. Heard of it. With the Royal Shakespeare Company. <laughs> and when he would jog past, I would tell the fellow classmates, I'm going to work with him. And two years later, I was in a film with him. Uh, what? In between that time, a movie called Rain Man came out. Heard of it. Saw it. And after I got to work with Hoffman, I thought, I got to work with Tom Cruise. I just know of him. He's, he's at beyond finger's reach. But it's still like, Ugh. like there's a circle and it's like a tornado out there that I can still, I feel the breeze, but I don't know how to get there kind yeah. of thing. So I do a show called American Crime. And the casting director who was casting Mina, which is what uh, American Maid was originally called, called me and said, we loved you on American Crime. This was with John Ridley on ABC. And, uh, and she said, 
we, mm-hmm. we just want to find something for you. And I was like, whatever that means, come in. <laughs> what is uh, it? Yes. So I didn't even know what the show was. Yeah, so I'm auditioning with this stuff. It's so top secret. I didn't know the actors. I didn't know where it was. I knew we were going to film in Atlanta or maybe Georgia. or. And then I got the job. And it was this movie with Tom Cruise and Doug Lyman directing. And I was like, okay. And I had this great character. So I was like, <laughs> and that's how I finally got on the set with Tom Cruise. Ah! Alec just pointed this out. He said that you manifested your dreams by saying, I want to work with these people. And Joel and I were like, well, we'll make a podcast about them. (laughs) 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 We just had a guy on the other day. He's the camera operator that did the famous Halo jump with him in MI6. And he just told me and Joel, he's like, I want you guys to come and jump out of an airplane with us. And we're like, yeah, maybe that's another way Tom Cruise will want to meet us if we jump out of an airplane. So you... (laughs) You did the thing that we should want to do, which is yeah. build a career. Build a career. Build yeah, a get, career. Get, get respect in the industry. Put, get put, recognized for his put talents. Words into action. Not us, Benito. We're going to jump out of an airplane. We do, we try and find the 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 furthest route around what it is we want. Take that, which will yeah. hopefully one day meander into the bullseye of what we're actually going for. So you didn't know that you were in a Tom Cruise movie until you booked it. Is that how it works? Right. Just before I booked it, before we were able to commit and say, let's move forward with this, they were like, okay, this is a Tom Cruise movie. I'm like, "Ah!" (laughs) So tell us about your first meeting with him. What was interesting, his pictures started showing up on the internet first. Somebody had leaked pictures of him walking around in his cast as as Barry Seal, which is the character he was playing. And I had done all this research on this is based on a real story and Barry Seal was known as El Gordo. Right. He was the gringo gordo. He was the tall, fat, white guy who was traveling from Colombia to the States, free reign, sleeping with everybody, doing all the coke in the world, just this wild cowboy, because he had the protection of the DEA, the FBI, the Colombians, and yet at the same time he was owned by them all. God. So he was this big and wild crazy character. Well, Tom Cruise had several films lined up, so he wasn't going to gain the 100 pounds he would, you know, to look like it. So he wore these baggy shirts. And they're showing me this on, on, but I couldn't tell. I didn't know if he'd gained the weight of his baggy shirt or what. So I'm seeing for the first time on the internet, Tom Cruise is very still. I'm like, oh, that's the movie I'm doing. That's the movie I'm doing. Oh my God, I can't wait to meet him. And so I finally meet him and he's slim and trim and handsome. And I'm like, oh my God, you really are this way. (laughs) Couldn't be nicer. Couldn't be more polite. Couldn't be more professional on time. And the whole, the whole, I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times. You have the podcast that this guy was really a genuine professional actor. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and he knows his tools and he's brilliant at making sure that he can form what he needs within his wor- world. And so that was my first introduction. Th- that movie was one of those movies where it, it Cruz had just come off of the mummy, if I'm not mistaken, and Jack Reacher two or something. I can't remember what the order of it was, but it snuck under the wire in the sense that we knew the next mission impossible was coming, which was, you know, it's such a huge grand film. And Doug Lyman and Cruz snuck this movie in, and it really was a second watch movie on demand or on DVD where you were like, this movie is good. Like, this is an awesome 
fantastic character performance and everybody in it. We were lucky enough to have Sarah Wright Olson on the podcast who played his yeah. wife. And she told us, you know, these amazing stories of their scenes yeah. together. She was awesome. She's great. And I'll, yeah. I'll say that doing this podcast now, I have a lot of friends asking me, okay, who are, you know, sort of fair weather Tom Cruise fans. All right. So, you know, what movie should I watch? American made is what I tell them. Seriously. Yeah. That, is, that is, that is going to work for anyone at any time, anywhere. It's funny. It's action. It's drama. There you go. Uh, so here's a question. So yesterday I was watching um, with my sons. We were looking at the, the 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 halo jump scene from Skyfall and Tom Cruise was talking to the crew. And my son asked me, is he the director? And I was like, no, he's not. But in Tom Cruise world, uh, almost alone among lead actors. He's LeBron James. It's different, right? Is the, 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 the relationship between, it seems as though, what do I know? It seems as though he and the director have a different relationship than any other director, lead actor. Can you talk a little bit about Tom Cruise's role as executive producer, as producer? What, what is, how does it split between him and the director? Uh, the way we had, well, there's so many pieces of that. Um, when we were filming in, in Atlanta, Tom Cruise, the director and the writer were all living in the same house. And so with that, gave room for was at night they would have dinner and have the discussion like you know what scene could be better is to rewrote rewrote that one or we could do that so they were constantly in creative mode while they were filming uh, and one of the days <laughs> that this came that i and I, and I didn't know that but on one of the days that this really showed us all is um there's a scene where we're in this jumbo plane and that we're setting up the wires the cameras and this is the first scene i ever had with tom and we're setting up all the cameras and I tell him, all right, this camera's for this, this camera's for this. And then I walk away and that's when he does the butt mooning scene with his, uh, with his wife and, the, who, and kids who are waiting in the car. And while we're filming this, Tom real says, <laughs> he says, Doug, I have an idea. And Doug, who's way back there looking through the camera, goes, yeah? He goes, don't we need another plane? There goes, for what? <laughs> And they start walking to the middle. And while they're walking, the rest of us are like, what's going on here? And, and they're talking, they're having this wide conversation, you know, from above. Like when we take off, we want to see what it looks like so, so they can get the magnitude of this plane. And Doug's saying, well, that's going to be another manifest, but you know, you, maybe we have the light for today. And they're continuing this conversation. And while they're getting closer and closer, all the producers are like, we're, we're, they're on their phones and everything. They're all like scrambling and going, okay, we're, we have to order another plane. We got to get another <laughs> flight plan. We got to get insurance. And they're zooming in. <laughs> and, they're, and, and we as actors are going, Do you imagine? This is not how it really happens, really. And, and they're, they're doing it. They're having the powwow. And they're, and they're like, well, you know, if you need another pilot license, says Tom, he says, you can use mine. And Doug says, or, the, or mine, because they're both famous pilots. So they're like, yeah, yeah, we're working out. Oh and my went, God. Within three minutes, they sorted out this other shot that they want to have, which is the lumbering of the plane leaving and this over, you know, this shot above. Uh, I don't even remember if they ever used it in the movie, but they, we stopped in the middle. Of, I don't there was a, think it made it was, the cut. It don't, yeah. And it was this great idea, but it's not just like, hey, can we have longer boxes yeah this was a whole flight plan pilot the whole thing like you have to clear this stuff Unbelievable. And, and 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 if there's any young up-and-coming actors listening to this and you just got your first job 
only Tom Cruise can do that. Don't think like, oh, I want to be yeah. Tom Cruise. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the director what I think is a great idea of how to reshoot the scene. Because if Jeff and I did Quick that, way to get fired. the director the Quick director would go, fired. hey Joel. So the next thing you do um, is the one where you have an accident and die. <laughs> yeah, um, it was brilliant because yeah. uh, you you could really see the whole the whole connection. They were they 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 had this and. And for me, what I really appreciated is every discussion they had wasn't about ego. It was all about making this a more wonderful experience, a more theatrical experience, a better movie, a better shot. It was never, it was never just to get in the way of, of changing the day, just to change the day. But it was always to enhance whatever we were doing. And I loved that, that creativity that, that, that continued, you know, let's just tweak it a little bit. I think we can go one more. I think we can get a little better. I loved it. it. You know, it's it makes for longer days because you have to like turn on an instant. But if you're able to have that kind of positive creativity, you got to run with it. You got to go with it. I'll tell you another story, Jeff. You might like on this. Well, we're saying we're standing there, and the doors are open on the sides, and the back is down. And I'm standing there, and and, and I'm looking around trying to figure this out. And Tom goes over to one of the doors, and the wind's tunneling around in through the plane and everything else. And the other actor and I were just kind of, we're waiting for, I don't remember what. And I kid you not, the wind whips around and goes right to Tom Cruise's face and blows his hair back. So he's framed by the door and it's just blowing his hair back. And I just, and I looked at him, I said, Tom, you, you look like a movie star standing still. <laughs> it was hilarious. But yeah, that's the kind of luck he has. I mean, just the camera loves him. And he's just... You had a number of scenes in that movie. Right at the end, I would say you had four or five, maybe even six different scenes. And on a film shoot like this, and we've heard, especially you who's worked in a lot of television, uh, it, basically that you had to keep, I don't know what, your schedule open, your, uh, just to go with the flow like you just described. A, how long were you there? B, what was that like to... Uh, to, to be in a situation like that compared to television where it's so regimented on its schedule, got to get this done, and here you are on this free-flowing set. Was that just a dream for you, or would you just let it all be, or did you feel any pressure of being like, I got to go, I got to go work on something else here? Uh, well, for most films, when you're on location, you know the days that are going to happen. They're just That's the way that it's going to be. Um, on this one, sure. and we were in Atlanta, um, we... We, we just knew things were going to change. And one of the most famous days for me, my sister and her husband had come out to Atlanta for something else entirely. So we were, we were happy to go, that we were going to be able to see each other. And uh, they said, well, let's go out to lunch. So they met me. We drove down. We walked down to a place just a few blocks from the hotel to have sushi. As soon as we sat down, my phone starts ringing. And I'm like, what's going on here? Um, so I was like, this is a number I don't know. Let me answer it. And it was one of the ADs said, um, we were able to finish early on our other shot. So Tom and Doug want to have rehearsal back at their house, um, in about an hour. And I said, great. What are we rehearsing? Don't know, but you have to be there in an hour. I went, okay, how, how do I get there? There's an Uber waiting for you at your hotel. I went, well, I'm out to lunch. Tell them to wait, and I'll be there as soon as I can. And they're like, got it. Not a problem. So I turned, I hand the menu back to the, to the server. I said, sorry, I, I have to go. And my, 
my brother-in-law says, he's making a movie with Tom Cruise. <laughs> we have to go. And I was, I was giddy. I was like, this is cool. I've been summoned. Let's go. Let's do this. And we walked down and there's this Cadillac, this 57 Cadillac, which was the Uber. This is the, what the Uber driver had. He's like, Benito? I'm like, yeah, I'm your ride. Let's go. And we took off. We went and had rehearsal in the house. Oh, man. And we're just, you know, just hanging out. Um, just, it was awesome. We were just dissecting a scene that we were going to shoot the next day. We were talking about the beats. We were talking about the, the energy. We were talking about what's the importance of it, what's the rhythm of it. What an interesting, unique story The uh, from Albuquerque learning Shakespeare to playing all the characters you've played and the people you've met and the fact that little do you know that you're a wizard and you can manifest anything yes. uh, just makes you uh, just an amazing if guest. If you could and, want for us to to uh, meet and work with Tom Cruise, that, that would be, if you if you can do, if you could perform that magic for others. Would you mind? Sure. <laughs> would you mind just giving us a little bit of your magic and just... Well, uh, you know, uh, the, the universe listens, so you got to be specific. What exactly do you want to do with him? Joel, tell him. We want to meet Tom Cruise in space and be in a space movie. We want to be in a space movie with Tom Cruise. So Benito, I don't know if you know this, but one of the things he's doing next is he's going to literally go to space. And so we want to be in a movie or or we'd like to interview him in space. Benito's wizardry is going, you're fucked. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I, look, I'm, I'm producing a movie right now with Netflix. And it's about a guy. It's called A Million Miles Away. Uh, we just signed, well, I can't give any names away, but we just signed the lead actor and we have the director. It's about a guy whose family is from Mexico. They were migrant farm workers and they would travel to Stockton and back to Mexico. And to Stockton, back to Mexico. So depending on when the mom was pregnant, some kids were born in Stockton and some were born in Mexico. Mm, uh, wow. Our protagonist was born in Stockton, was a farm worker, migrant farm worker, picked the tomatoes and potatoes and chilies as a little boy. And then there was a moon landing when he was a young man that they saw on television and he was holding the antennas, the rabbit ears on his little TV when he saw it. And at that very point in his life, he says, I want to be an astronaut. And everybody said, yeah, right. That's a nice dream. Our movie is how he got to be an astronaut and it really happened. And he was an astronaut after 12 years of applying over and over again. Don't ever ever give up that's awesome whoa i can't wait to see it uh, again i'm sure he put in a lot of work jeff and joel that's see that's the thing joel I mean, that but, <laughs> it gets us every time what is work, this work what, what really is work <laughs> i mean math isn't and, work just saying it out loud yeah. isn't that work getting standing up leaving the house college i think yeah. both are important i think work but you gotta also say it uh, you know, look, th this whole love fest is about a guy who's an actor. He puts on his pants the same way we do, but he's touched all of us in, a, in, in, in creative ways. And we aspire yeah. toward, you know, that artistic world that he embraces. And I think, how cool is this? Why not? as another episode of Meeting Tom Cruise comes to an end, uh, there was something that went by really quickly in our uh, uh, star-studded 12th episode where we interviewed uh, Jeff Meacham, where Jeff mentioned that his heroes growing up were Andre Agassi and 
at the time was Stallone and then moved on to Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I, I, I mentioned that, Oh my God, me too. I love Andre Agassi. I have, I have four newspapers hanging on my wall. One of them is the day that Andre Agassi, uh, retired, huge fan, huge fan. In the background, and I'm going to play this for you now. Yep. Joel made a comment and we let it go because it was late at night and this was more about Jeff and we didn't really want to hear from Joel, but now we need to talk about it. Okay. Here's what Joel said. And I'll tell you what, it was two people that I idolized. It was Tom Cruise and Andre Agassi. They were like my two idols. Hey, we agree on something, Andre <laughs> Agassi. I'm a Sampras guy. That's right. He said he was a Sampras man. Yeah. Now, for those of you who came here to listen to, to Tom Cruise, I apologize. The next five minutes are going to be about Joel's fucking ridiculous. Just absurd. Opinion about tennis players. Sampras? So, so, when, so Joel, in, 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 I, let, let me jump in here, Alec. In your teenage Please. years, you're saying you chose between the coolest man alive, the rock star of tennis, or a guy that looks exactly like my accountant. <laughs> and you were like, you know who I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with the accountant. What are you oh, doing? God. He's going to read stats, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, boy. Here he's going to go. read stats. Oh, I know. Go. Yep. I know what he's about to do. Should we read him stats about Tom Brady? Should we read him some Tom Brady stats? <laughs> Dude gets fucking started. <laughs> Hold on. I mean, I mean, I mean, you, 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 you know my obvious, you, you know my obvious answer to your argument. 14 grand slams to eight. How many? You're boring? 14. 14. How, 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 how many did, did Agassi win? Listen, here's the deal. Yes. I'll make the argument. Yes, Agassi has won less Grand Slams than uh, than Sampras. He only won eight. I believe it's eight when, to fourteen. When when they played when they played each other, who won the majority? That's of those not Sampras. what we're arguing yeah. about. That's not what we're, we're arguing. arguing who the just... best player is? And first of all, did Sampras <laughs> win the? What's the thing with the with the where he won the Olympics? Also, Agassi so, won the. So Agassi has something called the Golden Slam, which right. is that he won all four Grand Slams Plus. and including the gold medal. Can so I tell he has you the gold? Can I tell you the real reason it has nothing to do with 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 titles and and, sure. and wins? And I like the hair. Oh, Douchey oh, hair. Oh, it wasn't real. Douchey hair. <laughs> Does, it turns out it wasn't real. No, I wait. But what? then he shaved it. What? <laughs> oh, Joel, I am not kidding with you, and I know Alec has read this because he's a giant nerd. That's, that that flow that he had no. was a, was were extensions or some shit. Well, it was real. It was real at first, and then he started to lose his hair. Re Dude, you need to read his book. Open. It I'm is. I'm not going. Okay, so I'll good. tell you one thing. I am not going to read this book. <laughs> I have a hundred books that I would like to read before a tennis player that I don't really care that much about. <laughs> He's one of the greatest athletes in the history of America. Okay. Am I wrong? Hey, I'm making a podcast that I, about an actor I don't care that much about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I tell you guys a really cool thing, Alec? Is it in short bursts that'll fit between credits? Yeah, we'll see. Meeting Tom Cruise is hosted by Jeff Meacham, Joel Johnstone, and me, Alec Lev. It's also produced by the same Alec Lev. 2001 U.S. Open, me and my buddy Darren Ritchie were both there with our girlfriends at the time. A day session ends. We're walking out. We know Agassi and Sampras are playing against each other that night in the quarterfinals. But again, it's 2001. I'm, we're both just out of college. We have less than no money when the idea of $100 is like $1,000. Our executive producers are Doug Matica and Dan Patrick. Our engineer and mixer is Alex Reeves for Point of Blue Studios. So we go up to one of the scalpers and we say, just for shits and giggles, how much is, what are you selling the tickets for? And he's like, I'm selling them for 180 a piece. And we're like, where are they? And he's like, they're in the last row at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is a big tennis stadium, right? And we're like, yeah, fine. We walk away. Editing by Alec Lev. 
with additional editing by Alex Reeves. And we were like, we did one of those speeches to each other. We're like, I mean, what do we live for? Like, why are we on this planet? <laughs> Our music is by H. Scott Salinas and Matthew Atticus Berger. Artwork by Rebecca Montoy. We, we scrapped up 180 each. And the let me just say this, that in the history of their uh, uh, their rivalry. It was listed on ESPN, I believe, as their number three greatest match of all time. Side note, what happened to the girls? Just to go fuck yourself, we're going to go watch the tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Pinella for Workhouse Media. We are a production of Meeting So-and-So in association with Workhouse Media. The final score was 7-6. Six seven seven six seven six. And 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 just out of curiosity, who won? Sampras. Roll the credits. <laughs> Find us online at Meeting Cruise on Instagram and Twitter. Check out our website and show notes at meetingtomcruise.com. And you can email us at contact at meetingtomcruise.com. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Five stars are much appreciated and write a review. It really helps people to find the show, and we just might read it on the air. Meeting Tom Cruise was created by Jeff Meacham and Alec Lev. Meeting Tom Cruise is a production of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. 33. 33.